Cool. We're now recording. So um, I'm Alex and I'm with B. Taylor Painting and Freestone Reconstruction. And I help with the communication and marketing efforts. And I have Justin Pastores and Mike Berglund here. You want to introduce yourselves? Justin Pastores, account manager for Freestone Reconstruction. Mike Berglund, account manager for B. Taylor Painting. Awesome. So today we want to talk a little bit about maintenance and what has been happening this fall um, as far as work projects and how things are going and maybe what we can look, look forward to. So let's just um, real quick, like what's your guys' definition of preventative maintenance on the repair and paint side um, respectively? So on the paint side, it's going to be a little bit different, but we also get an assist from the repair side. So um, although most painters know what to look for as far as like the surface area, what we call in the industry structural paint, <laughs> um, the, the repair side comes through and, and basically says, yep, exactly what you saw on the surface penetrates a little bit deeper. So um, it all starts with inspection on both sides, taking a look at it and seeing what, what is what it looks like, what the extent is and what caused it. And then um, rooting out those areas as well. More often than not, it's usually sprinklers. Yana. Yeah, and I just, I kind of, I mean, construction kind of goes along the same lines of what, what Mike just shared. And it's, you know, it's important for these property owners or managers to get a professional out there. And, you know, a service that we do provide is to come out and do a, a dry rot inspection, um, just to see if we see any signs of, of dry rot. Sometimes um, at the onset doesn't look that bad. And, you know, us being in the industry can say where this is probably going to go six months, a year down the road. It's not uh, dealt with now, or at least, like Mike said, cocked over or some way, um, some way to try to stop the rot from happening uh, excessively. If it's not treated, it's just going to continue to rot. There are some things that we can do to slow it down, but ultimately it'll have to be repaired. We were, uh, we were out doing some um, canvassing today and we ran across a building that had ivy growing all over the gable side. Mm -hmm. And this is the blank stucco side. So it's probably, I want to say maybe 30 by 30. So that's 900 square feet yeah. of ivy growing on this stucco. And, and we spotted fungus growing up from the side of the building, 20 feet up. And we get up there and we ask the lady, um, you know, who do you have? And she didn't mention the name of a company, a competitor, but that they only go to a certain height as far as repairs are concerned and asked how high we would go. And me and Justin looked Said at it all the way. <laughs> <laughs> like, wherever, wherever it goes, we go. <laughs> so, what you're saying is there's no project that's too small or too big. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, so I guess that kind of sums up what preventative maintenance is and how it's important uh, for any of our clients to take preventative maintenance measures just to be able to help them save money in the long run. Um, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, think it's, I think it's important for the ownership groups and to really, you know, especially in these times with, with budgets being cut and all those things, just to really try to come up with a game plan of what they're to tackle first. You know, sometimes some of the stuff can get kicked down the road, so to speak, and some stuff is a little bit more pertinent, and especially with the decking laws and so forth that have come out. It's, it's important that they get ahead of these things before it gets too far out of control. Yeah. So how do we um, offer help with maintenance? Like, do or do we help our clients with maintenance or do we have referrals as far as like subcontractors maybe to reach out to, or does it depend on the project? How does that really, how do we navigate that? So dealing with maintenance is something that like, to be honest, a lot of these, okay. So 
the situation with a lot of the, the properties we work with is they're all investment properties, right? So they have a certain amount of money they're willing to spend out each year to keep that uh, property profitable. Um, so as far as maintenance goes, the maintenance technicians and the lead maintenance uh, facilities members on site are generally the ones that bring up the issues to their property manager or to their regional manager itself or asset management it's called. So when they see something, usually it's beyond just a surface level dry rot situation. It's usually by the time it's gotten the attention that it needs, it's pretty extensive. However, we, we do always tell our clients and especially the field techs that are on site, if you see something, say something, let us know. Um, we can help you nip it in the bud early. We rarely get the call. We wish we got the call more often, but unfortunately getting the call means spending money and not everybody wants to spend the money right now. They think that if it's not if it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal. Well, eventually it turns into a big deal. <laughs> it's not something that just goes away over time. It actually grows and it penetrates and it gets deeper. So, I mean, we want to encourage everybody. If you if you see a little thing, let's get it now before it grows into a huge thing. Yeah, and that I think that's where you know the multifamily has has a little bit of a leg up from the HOA world. That the multifamily they do have, like Mike said, the onsite maintenance staff that's able to address some of these smaller issues and do some preventative stuff in the HOA world though, they don't typically have an on-site person that's there to, to address some of these smaller issues. So a lot of times by the time we get to it, um, there's enough wrong that will, you know, allow the client to, to, uh, to bring us on board and, and really take care of the, the issues that are at hand. Okay. Um, when it comes to maintenance and taking care of maintenance, uh, especially maybe for an HOA, does that go on all year on the, the repair side or do we do more maintenance maybe spring and fall versus summer and winter or is it totally dependent on the client? You know, it's, it's really um, dependent on the client. I mean, just, I have a project that we're doing right now and <clears throat> they did identify that they are in need of some inspection for, for dry rot. Um, complex wide. And so when we came on to do this balcony project, they asked us, you know, would you be able to look at the dry rot um, while we're out here? And we said, yeah, as a part, just as a service to you, we will, we can provide you with a full site-wide dry rot inspection. Since we're going to be on site, um, it's not a big deal for us to take a, take a, take a walk around and uh, give you a budget for, for 2021. Okay. So to answer your question, I think it's, you know, I, if, if they, the board or board member identifies a problem or the management group, they sometimes will pull us out to do, to do an inspection, but that, you know, there's, it's not dependent on the time of the year, so to speak. Okay. And uh, Mike, you know, we've been talking a little bit about the dry rot, even on the painting side, as far as um, inspections, if they're just doing a ground level inspection, is that something that our paint guys can go out and talk to the clients about, or would we typically send Freestone, which is one of our, our, which is our sister company out to the project um, for caulking or other needs? You know, for preventative maintenance, um, it can be either one. Uh, we, if our paint company is in the field, we're going to bring it to the attention first and vice versa. Um, if it's something that falls into either category, sometimes a special coating is needed. Sometimes a special caulking is needed. Um, in that case, you know, we defer to each other and we balance each other out as far as who gets to pick those, those battles. Um, Preventative maintenance for us looks like, you know, checking all the cracks, all the crevices that are previously caulked. Has the caulking shrank and expanded itself away from the next surface? You know, has it created an entry point? Has it created a funnel? These are the things that need attention. If it looks like there's a gap between products, 
where a, a piece of thing overlaps like this. Well, guess what? As soon as it gets past this point right here, it's going to run back this way. So that's where our stop gap measure is, which is weird because we're actually stopping the gap <laughs> with the caulking and the painting. Okay, very good. It being December, uh, on the paint side, are we a little bit slower in the springtime? Is that is that a good time for a client to reach out and have the property checked when they know that they're going to be needing some painting as well in 2021? Actually, the best time to look at that stuff is now. Um, let's look at it now because it's the end of the year. People are starting to put their budgets together for the following year. So while we're slower, because springtime, we're going to start, we're going to start moving fast. That's quarter two. And we start picking up and we're just going to be blasted. It might be a few weeks before we get around to somebody. But in December, when we have this kind of like lull in the period, for some reason, everybody wants to stop spending this month. Um, it's a great time to spend a little bit of money or at least put a little bit of attention on it. Like nine out of 10 times, we don't even charge if it's a client of ours to come and take a look at something. So it's just a willingness of them to be able to say, hey, I think this might be a situation. Come give us a look and then we'll be right out. Well, that, and that's something Mike and I were talking about. And even with the with the um, the property that we stopped at today, you know, as a as a service and a courtesy, we're, we're always happy to come and provide a budgetary proposal for our client. Um, you know, with it puts our puts our name in the hat when it when it does come down um, for them to get the the comparative bids, um, but you know for for us to to maintain and and cultivate long term relationships, we want to be as a big of services as, as we can. Okay, um, you're talking about putting your name in the hat as far as contracts go and proposals for 2021. Where are we at right now with our contracts and proposals uh, as far as booking? wise if a client was to come you know i want to talk both repair and paint is there still time in the summer could they still get their project in or are we are we booked out where where does that fall and how can we help their clients as far as their budgeting now yeah you know on the construction side we definitely have space available especially quarter one um we're traditionally pretty slow and um, you know, honestly, with COVID and guys getting sent home because of the shutdown, we're trying to keep these guys busy. You know, they all have families. And so um, <clears throat> we're willing to, you know, whatever our client needs, if we're willing to go um, to just about any lengths to try to accommodate them and fit them in schedule wise. Right now, we have plenty of space, especially in Q1. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. Um, we, we had... Um, with COVID this year, we had some cancellations or at least postponements of like probably half of a, uh, a load of bulk bids that we had set out. Um, those are coming back through and, and coming back around circle um, for next year. We also have um, a couple dozen extra bids that we ran. Um, we'll probably get half of those next year as well. So um, as long as everything keeps moving forward, everybody's staying busy quarter two, quarter three, quarter four. I would like to see I'd like to see the first quarter fill up a little bit more. Um, and this is where we really get into like interior projects. This is where um, it's like your trash rooms, your um, laundry rooms, your corridors and stuff like that, where we can kind of go through it and make sure that, I mean, and to be honest, these are the most touched surfaces by our tenants, right? Or by our customer. This, so if we're talking about like transmission of whatever, um, you know, COVID values there might be like, let's go ahead and surface these areas, get them cleaned up, get them a new coat, and then get them really shining so that everybody can feel safe. And then so that they clean up better, they wipe off better. Yeah, very good. So on the re repair and reconstruction side, even though the wet months are in our, you know, that quarter one, early quarter two, um, 
or the possibility of rain, does that stop the, the, the construction site or are you guys able to kind of push forward and, and watch the, the weather? No, I mean, if the weather's extreme, of course, that has some hindrances on any exterior work, but um, our guys are pretty good at, at navigating and keeping surfaces dry, especially a lot of, a lot of balcony and um, patio work is covered. So it's still, the guys can still work because those areas are, uh, have some protection from, from the weather. Uh, any interior stuff, of course, we can continue to work barring that, um, that the, the client is comfortable with us being on the inside in current state of COVID affairs. Uh, real quick, I want I would love Justin to touch on. Have you seen the zip wall? I've heard about this cool zip wall on the freestone side, and maybe the painting side uses it as well. Um, Mike Tolner, the the general manager of the freestone reconstruction, said that it's like a thirty second to a minute setup, as opposed to maybe thirty minutes of prep. Could you explain real quick, like how that works, and maybe how yeah. our have confidence? Yeah, for sure. So we, we have a project right now that's that's um, affordable housing. It's in San Francisco. It's senior living. So of course, the clientele is of the sensitive nature. We we are doing some interior rehab with just doing their, their unit doors. And we're as an added protection for them, we're putting a zip wall that goes on the inside of the door. And I'm using hand motions in this audio, so I've got to stop doing that. But it's a, a zip, like a plastic wall that has a zip up the middle, and it goes up in literally 30 seconds. And it gives our guys some protection from the tenants, and it gives the tenants um, protection from us. And we're able to do our work. Um, when we leave, if the zip wall stays up, the tenant can still go through it because it has, of course, an opening that uh, zips and unzips. Very, very slick. Yep, keeps cross-contamination down and dust and particulates down as well, which is usually the nature of our business, right? Yeah. We're kicking up something eventually. <laughs> Even if it's just taking off a piece of baseboard, it might have like 30 years of dust behind it. So. Yeah. I love it. That's great. So to wrap up this maintenance chat before we get into a little bit of holidays, um, what are your guys' preventative maintenance tips or maintenance tips in general? If you were to give one or two really important ones, which what would those be for your clients? All right, Justin. Um, I, I think the most important, especially on the, con the reconstruction side is, is to get annually a, a ground level inspection done. Um, it, it's good, especially when they're, when they're, our clients are preparing their budgets for us to come out, take a peek. That's yeah, again, what we just told this, this gal that we met today is they don't really know what they're getting into. I mean, they, they see one spot of dry rot. They will kind of focus on that point. It's good to have a professional come out take a walk around the site, give them, give them a matrix of, of what we see out there um, to uh, get them to prepare uh, for the future. Of course, dry rot is something that is not something that's going to stop. It'll continue to rot. So it's, it's good that it's addressed sooner than later. I like it. I like, uh, I like the, the same thing. We <clears throat> Typically with HOAs, like, so they don't have somebody to do the inspection, but I would say if it looks, if it looks off or if it smells off, you can usually tell because it's a little bit musty. It almost smells, it smells like kind of like when it rains after it hasn't rained for a while. It's a little dusty and wet. Um, but uh, if you don't feel like getting that close, get a screwdriver and just gently poke it. And if you get a little bit of surface penetration with a lot of force, it's probably in good shape. If it goes halfway through whatever it is you're poking, <laughs> you might want to call us. That's great. That's great. Well, do you guys have any final thoughts there on maintenance in general or 
Um, do you think we've kind of hit the high points at least for, for customers and clients when they, when they have those initial qu questions? Um, I think we kind of covered it. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people get sticker shock, uh, just real quick, a lot of people get sticker shock at the amount of uh, dry rot they do actually have once we go looking. So guess what? If you look every year, that price gets cut down considerably yeah. <laughs> because you're on top of it. It's not tripling and quadrupling as you go. That is a great tip. Um, so Christmas is coming. What are your guys' plans for family? I know that um, I currently live up here in Washington and we get more snow than you guys. So we may make snow ice cream. So in lieu of snow ice cream, what do you make when you live close to the beach? Daiquiris. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Like uh, it's, it is really, it is what we do in our family. I mean, we have this tradition that's been passed down through my, my mother-in-law's family for, for years um, is at some point, somebody brought home a construction paper Christmas tree from third grade. And that, that Christmas tree has been traced over a thousand times. So anybody that comes into the house during the holidays, they get sat down at our kitchen table, a bunch of craft supplies, and they're encouraged to make their own Christmas tree, however they want with glue and glitter and strands and all these things. And then they sign the back of it and we go through every year and we stick about 200 Christmas trees all around our living room. So we're covered in crafts <laughs> every year. It's like a Joanne's explosion. Oh yeah. man, Joanne's meets fifth grade It's too, or uh, kindergarten. It's totally cool. It smells like glue and paste. Yeah, it's something that I always look forward to. You know, my, my grandmother that lives in Minnesota makes these toffee bars that I've have been my favorite since, since I was a kid. And, and typically we get together with them every, every Christmas. We usually meet uh, down in Orange County. We rent a house that's right on the beach. My brother drives in from Arizona um, with his kids. And so we're able to spend Christmas with them this year because of COVID, we're not able to do that. So I will be looking forward to these toffee bars that, that come in the mail. <clears throat> my daughter though, has turned into quite the little baker. So her and my wife have been uh, feverishly looking up cookie recipes. And what we really, really love to do is get trays of cookies and bring them to our neighbors, especially some of the neighbors that we don't talk to all that much. It's fun to, to pop over and, and bring them uh, a little plate of holiday cheer. Of course, my daughter doesn't like that part. She likes to make the cookies. She doesn't like the face-to-face -face interaction of delivering the cookies. Typical, typical. Mm. <laughs> oh, that, that is great. Um, so, and then the new year is, is quickly approaching us and I hope that we get to meet again, uh, maybe right prior to the new year or when we hop into 2021. Um, but as the new year approaches, is there anything that you guys are looking forward to in 2021 as far as whether it's with the company or, or maybe with your families? Right now I have a, a um, trip scheduled for the middle of January to take the family up to a cabin in what should be a, uh, an area covered in snow but we don't know yet. <laughs> it's three, four weeks away that still doesn't have snow. So we'll see what this uh, next month has to offer. Yeah, for me, I, we, I just met with a buddy. It looks like me and um, two friends are gonna be climbing the San Jacinto Mountain down in Palm Springs, which is the fastest elevating trail in the Western hemisphere. Um, you go from below sea level to 10,800 and something feet. And we are going to hike up that mountain and have a, a fun little declarations at the top. Um, so that is a great way to start off the new year. I'm a, I'm a big hiker and I love to be outdoors. So that'll be awesome. Uh, 2021, 
Um, just looking, our, 2020 has been a great year for my family. I'm going to be completely honest. Like it hasn't, it has not been all that bad. We've, we've grown closer together as a family. My marriage is better. Business is, is going well. We're extremely fortunate that um, Mike and I and you, Alex, work for a company that's been able to sustain uh, this, this environment that we've been in. So I'm just looking, looking forward to helping um, these two companies grow. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully being able to take my family to Hawaii this year. We were supposed to do that last year and couldn't because of, of uh, the, the Corona cooties. So hopefully by the summertime that, that is um, under control and we're able to enjoy a Hawaiian vacation. Aloha, Hawaii, man. Aloha, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we, uh, we wish you guys' families a very Merry Christmas and we look forward to our next conversation coming soon. You too. I look forward to it. Thanks, Alex.